a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome to this Monday episode of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. So happy to be back with you. It's been, it feels like it's been a long time. You know, last Tuesday, last Tuesday was the last afternoon you and I had the opportunity to shoot the breeze back and forth one another. And it was a whole other world back then. Yeah, a whole other world. Yeah, before Christmas, I still had a stack of Christmas shopping still left to do. I'm proud to announce I I got that all done. In fact, I'm going to tell you a little personal story later on coming up in the 2 o'clock hour about a gift that I put together. It's one of those explainer brag things where I tell a story and the primary objective is to make myself look good. Secondarily is to provide an entertaining story. It's a little a quirk of my personality. You may have picked up on it over the past year. Anyway, we'll get to that in the 2 o'clock hour. Uh, also, during the 2 o'clock hour, I'm so much looking forward to this conversation. A story I've been following since 2017. There was a cheerleader uh, in a Pennsylvania high school who had made the JV squad. Uh, but she wanted to do more than that. She tried out for varsity. Well, unfortunately, she uh, didn't have the skills or whatever the case, didn't make the varsity team. Uh, Later that weekend, she got a little frustrated to the point where uh, she decided to take to social media, Snapchat specifically, and this will be an understatement, voice her dismay uh, about the school using some nasty language and showing forth some nasty gestures. Well, the school kicked her off the JV team for a year, and that upset her to the point where she went to court over it. Anyway, she ultimately won in court, the school advanced the lawsuit, uh, you know, uh, court by court, making their way up the ladder until now it has been delivered to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court is in the position to make the decision as to whether or not, whether or not this cheerleader complaining about her school and coaches because she didn't make the varsity team and in turn was then dismissed from the JV team because of the nature of the language she used, is that a violation of the First Amendment? <laughs> you think way back when, uh, when the Bill of Rights was being drafted, that you could even come close to imagining uh, this scenario shaping up. I'm going to go into uh, much greater detail on that story later on in the program, and I'm going to open up the phone lines to your calls. I'd be very curious to hear what you have to say about that. For me, I, I get a I get a chuckle out of it. But the First Amendment, freedom of speech here in the United States of America is nothing to laugh at. Uh, and so is this, is this case here something worthy of Supreme Court adjudication? Fascinating question. We'll get to it later on in the program. Right now, uh, let's look at what has happened since you and I last gathered here on the radio. At the time, uh, the House and Senate had both passed the combined government funding and stimulus packages. Two point some odd trillion dollars, big old stack of money, uh, 5,500 plus pages. If I remember correctly, the second largest piece of legislation to ever make it through the Congress and find its way on the desk of the President of the United States. Well, 
when you and I were chatting, it felt like the big hurdle to clear was congressional passage, right, in the House and Senate. Because to, to the best of my knowledge, and I think to the best of the knowledge of <laughs> House and Senate leadership, Secretary of the Treasury Mnuchin, speaking on behalf of the White House, had communicated that the White House was on board. That this deal, if it passed the Congress, it was just a, a rubber stamp on its way to law. Well, well, well. I said goodbye to you on Tuesday about, uh, about what was it, 2 o'clock? There was a basketball game that day? Yeah. That's going to happen later on this week, too. They're taking another hour away from me to give you basketball. Totally worth it. I support it 100%. Love BYU Cougars. As I wrapped up the day, I thought the next time you and I chatted, we would be uh, looking at uh, you know, how this would be implemented, how the checks would be delivered. And, well, it turns out, long story short, we are going to get to that point. But there was a wrench thrown in the gearwork Tuesday night by the president. He on Twitter, as he's known to do, put out a, a video. It was about four minutes long. And in that video, he really communicated two major points. One was a concern that's shared by, honestly, almost all lawmakers. And it is the tactic by individual members of Congress and supported by leadership to when there is a, a piece of legislation that must pass, creatively called a must-pass bill, <laughs> like government funding, or funding the Department of Defense, lawmakers will just toss things in. Uh, Effectively earmarks, but those are legal or something, so we don't call them that. But essentially, items will be dropped into must-pass pieces of legislation. And the president caught wind of this. And he caught wind of some of the details when he took to Twitter on uh, last Tuesday night voicing some of those concerns. That's the first point he made. I'll get to the second in just a moment, but here's what the president observed. It really is a disgrace. For example, among the more than 5,000 pages in this bill, which nobody in Congress has read because of its length and complexity, it's called the COVID relief bill, but it has almost nothing to do with COVID. This bill contains $85.5 million for assistance to Cambodia, $134 million to Burma, $1.3 billion for Egypt and the Egyptian military. The president here continues for 90 more seconds, itemizing uh, just a tiny sliver of the long list of additions placed within this $2.2 trillion uh, piece of legislation, second largest in the history of this nation. And as he shared that information, the point that he was making is that it's unacceptable to uh, to exploit must-pass legislation in this fashion. He then, he then uh, pivoted a bit to another issue contained within the legislation, and that was the $600. The $600, claiming that that amount was insultingly low and that we ought to be on the receiving end as qualifying Americans, $2,000 a piece. This two-year period must be withdrawn, which will allow the owners to obtain financing and get their restaurants back in condition. Congress can terminate it at a much later date, but two years is not acceptable. It's not enough. Congress found plenty of money for foreign countries, lobbyists, and special interests while sending the bare minimum to the American people who need it. It wasn't their fault. It was China's fault, not their fault. I am asking Congress to amend this bill and increase the ridiculously low 
$600 to $2,000 or $4,000 for a couple. That was curveball number one. The president last Tuesday voicing a hesitancy and what seemed to be uh, you know, a pretty, pretty clear-cut decision on his part to veto this bill. Well, last night, things changed. The president signed it. It is now law. He sent some notes back. He'd like to see some additional legislation uh, evaluated and, and passed. He did some redlining in the bill that he signed, which is interesting because redlining is not a, in the way that he did it, making notes on the document and, and sending it back to Congress after signing it, that's not a, that's, that, that carries no weight. It is not part of what they call regular order. No one, no member of Congress in leadership or in the rank and file position, no one is compelled to do anything. Nor is anyone compelled, namely the Senate, to augment the $600 to 2000 So what we're left with now uh, is <laughs> three, four, five days of some drama, but ultimately back to the position in which we believed ourselves to be uh, Tuesday afternoon before you and I said goodbye. Where does that leave you? It likely leaves you on the receiving end of $600. for a couple, uh, plus some money for your dependents. And the question is, a question that we asked last week, and I'll uh, revive here today. I've got some great responses on Facebook I'll share with you. But will you spend or save this money? Or something else. Will you spend or save this money? $600 a piece plus money for each and every one of your dependents should you be a qualifying American. I want to hear from you. 801-575-8255 is the number. 801-KSL-TALK with $600 on its way to your bank account. What are your intentions? I want to hear from you and I'll share with you what Americans did the first time stimulus checks were issued. That's coming up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. 1251 is the time in the KSL newsroom. It, it feels really good to be back here behind the microphone hanging out with you this afternoon. This is a, an interesting time of year. That week between Christmas and New Year's, it is a, a time to start getting your uh, thoughts in order. What type of resolutions will you set? What types of goals will you put in place for yourself as we move into this new 2021 year, especially after... <laughs> the year we've had, huh? Uh, it's going to be so delicious to turn the page uh, and commence what will be a new year, a new start, a fresh opportunity to get back maybe to the goals we set for ourselves in 2020 and fell short of accomplishing. I myself, I talk a lot about uh, physical fitness stuff. I'd like to get uh, more serious about running. You heard that conversation I had with a runner here, I think, early last week, how his goal is to qualify for the Boston Marathon. I think I might put that uh, on my own uh, to-do list this coming year. It's going to take a lot of work. It's a, <laughs> a difficult feat, but if you keep me motivated, I might be able to pull it off. Additionally, uh, I, I very much look forward to growing our relationship here as a host of a radio program. It is uh, quite that. It is a relationship. It is a back and forth. I, uh, If you've noticed... Here the last few months, we have been opening the phone lines more and more, and that's because uh, I, I've been remiss. I have been a little selfish with the airtime here, and I'd like to open it up much more to, to you. And that brings me to the conversation at hand now. We, in the first segment of the program, summarized some of the uh, back and forth and seeming chaos uh, regarding the passage 
of the government funding bill, which was joined with the stimulus package, which includes $600 for each qualifying American. Uh, I know that in the House today, there will likely be a vote on augmenting that amount from $600 to 2000 per qualifying adult. Plus, if memory serves, and uh, I'll ask someone to fact check me if I if I don't remember this exactly, 2000 per person, per qualifying American, uh, 4000 for a married couple qualifying. Plus, is it another 2000 for each dependent? I think that's the case. Anyway, uh, well, th- that... That may make it through the House. Uh, will that? Would that pass the Senate? I don't know. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. But what we do know is currently law is that at least $600 is on its way to uh, your bank account should you be one of those qualifying Americans. I think making less than $75,000 as an individual according to your 2019 tax filings uh, plus uh, is it is it 150000 for couples? That qualifies you. If you're under that number, you got the full $600. And so my question to you is, what will you do with that money? I, I know this is a conversation we've had in the past, uh, but but now that it is law, now that it is with certainty at least $600 on its way to your account, into your wallet, into your family's budget, uh, what will you do? I have been uh, blown away by the uh, number of Facebook responses to that question. We'll get to those in just a moment. We're going to go to the phones in just a moment. But let me, before we get to your input here, and of course, the text message line is wide open, 57500. It's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Going back to the first stimulus, those were the $1,200 checks. I'm sure you remember those. If you had to guess, how would you guess things broke down earlier this year in terms of spending? The idea was to stimulate the economy, get some movement going there, right? Some of these businesses that have been so uh, impacted, get some money flowing through their registers, participate in the cyclical nature of the economy. Well, it turns out only about 29% of Americans took that route. Only about 29% of Americans on the receiving end of that $1,200 stimulus check bought things like food and clothing, and consumer goods. The remaining Americans, 36% of them, socked that money away into savings. And then similar uh, to that, 35% used the stimulus payments of $1,200 for debt repayment. What do you do now? What do you do now? Let's go to the phones. First caller, Bryce from Springville, uh, has some views on this. Bryce, uh, welcome to the program. Thanks for listening and thanks for calling. Excellent. Thanks for being there, and your uh, program's gained a lot of maturity uh, in the last few months, and so it's fun to listen to. That's kind, uh, that's kind of you to say. Those, oh, yeah, I was one of those big spenders on that first stimulus uh, bill that we got, and I went out and spent every dime from ammo to roses to taking my wife out to hotel night and just uh, putting it wherever we could. And This time I think we're going to go ahead and pay some annoying bills yeah. and uh, do our best to get them out of the way so we can spend more money down the road. Uh, with those bills and interest out of the way, sure. And so I don't, I don't know what the smart, smart method is, but that's the route we're going to take. We tried spending it all last time. We're going to try 
uh, focusing on some bills this time and knocking them out of the park. Yeah, I, I think there are a number of folks. I think you represent uh, uh, an attitude and an approach to this that's pretty widespread. Let me ask you this. Uh, first off, let me compliment you on living in Springville. I was down, uh, I was in Mapleton, drove through downtown uh, Springville just over the weekend. And I, I think you've got a good argument to make for having one of the more beautiful downtowns in the entire state of Utah. Springville is a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, I, I envy you for living there. It is. We, uh, we've we come a long way. we got a long way to go. And I'm afraid that, uh, you know, the economic evolution is a monster that is constantly that needs to be fed. And uh, we can, hopefully we make good things better, but there's a lot of, a lot of things that come with with growing, and uh, sometimes it's trying to drink water out of a fire hose, but we'll do our best. Springville is a great, wonderful, amazing place. T- t- take some notes from from Heber City. They they had uh, some fears about the growth over there, and then Walmart showed up. Anyway, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, last question before yeah. I let you go. You picked up some ammo with your first check. Uh, ammo is scarce these days. Uh, what would you find? Uh, well, I got 3030, uh, 308. I got 357, and then I have a uh, uh, shotgun that my grandpa left me. It's a lever action 12 gauge. Oh, very cool. And uh, I only want people to hear my side of the story if I ever have to tell it. That's that's, that's so, the way. <laughs> uh, m- m- much but, of those uh, much of those calibers are, are reloadable. Do you do any reloading yourself? I have friends that do. Um, they have the knowledge. I. Uh, I'm I'm very I'm a very bad impulse buyer. So when I have a change, it's uh, one of the things I gravitate towards is ammo, uh, survival gear, chainsaws yeah. for fireplaces, and just if the world goes upside down, there's there's things to keep the house warm, keep uh, food on the table that uh, won't be as hard as for me as it will be for someone else. Very good. Well, listen, Bryce. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for calling in, uh, and thanks for your attitude. Look forward to speaking to you again. Take it easy, uh, and enjoy Springville. Shoot, that is a, a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, about thirty seconds left here. Let me share just some of these quick notes. Uh, Texter writes in, says, "My stimulus check will go into savings. I'm busier than ever at work." Another one says, "I'll donate mine to someone less fortunate." That. That text right there and the attitude contained therein leads us precisely into our next conversation. Debbie Dejanovic will join me from Dave and Dejanovic uh, mornings here on KSL from 9 to noon. We're going to talk about this very idea. Should you be someone who has a little bit of breathing room, should you be donating that to someone else? That's next on Live Mike. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.